0: Song. Yeah, yeah. The hard part about this whole thing is, is I, I don't know how long I'm gonna be gone. Uh, but the hard part was is that I'm gonna be away from you. Like Tulio said, uh, this is family for Paul and I. And uh, but you know, this is the cool thing is I, I I've, every time I go down, I get stuck something like that. Uh, I just ask Lord, let it be an arrow in the devil's heart. And so I'm believing that. In fact, it's already started. Last week, uh, I preached in a church over in Fort Pierce, Florida. Um, on Monday, the guy calls me and says, Rick, uh, we're in a transition point. Can you meet with our elders on Tuesday night and speak into them? And so I met with the elders. And really cool thing was I was able to minister to these elders out of what God has done in this church and the elders here. So it was a really cool thing. There's many opportunities in that it's already God give me opportunities to minister to friends in the past that you know just wherever you go there's an opportunity to deal with Jesus right that's just wherever you do it well y'all uh, the word that God put on my heart I wasn't supposed to preach today but evidently God was want me to speak before I leave and the word uh, the Lord's got to speak about is fathers you know we you know there's in the news you've been seeing uh, the deal about how WHO, the organizational World Health Organization, had pr- proclaimed uh, that there was a pandemic in the earth, in the area of the swine flu, or the h one was it H1N1, or something like that, whatever it is, some kind of thing, swine flu, pig flu, whatever. But there's this pandemic, but be honest with you, there's a greater pandemic in this, in this world now that millions more are being killed by any disease. And it's the disease of fatherlessness. I mean, every place I go, whether in this country or Serbia, Croatia, Macedonia, Jordan, wherever it may be, the same problem permeates it all. And it's fatherlessness. It's the root of a lot of it. In this country, you've heard me speak these statistics before. That uh, and I, These are statistics I heard a number of years ago. But in what it was like 98% of the men in prisons are out of dysfunctional homes. 78% of the men in prison had no dads in their lives. And so you think about it. If men were being men, being fathers, uh, and they ministered into that way into their families 78% of the of the population prison population for sure would be done away with but dysfunctional homes if they were being that way literally 98% of the problems would be Did you think about all the money that is spent on prisons that you could reduce it by 98% that's a plague and but you know there, for me to teach about um How to be a father would be fruitless. Because there's an interesting statement. There's this passage in 1 Corinthians 4, 15. And and don't turn there. I'll just read it to you. It says, For if you were to have countless tutors, you have countless tutors. Many of us have many teachers in our lives. Yet, you would not have many fathers. Paul makes a statement. For in Christ Jesus, I became a father became your father through the gospel. I exhort you, therefore, be imitators of me. So in other words, a dad, a father, creates an atmosphere of example. I can't think of a so better example for us to be fathers than our Heavenly Father. That's it. And so that's what the Lord really put on my heart today, is I speak a word to the fathers. But also, I speak a word to the women also in this, that all of us together, that we celebrate our Heavenly Father. And you can see in the top of the notes there, the character of our Heavenly Father. Ah, man. You know, there's an awesomeness of the Trinity. that's just unreal to me. You know, and I don't get bent out of shape of trying to push it all into one. In fact, I I don't think I could teach on the Trinity today. I just know this. When Jesus got baptized in water, Jesus, the Word became flesh and dwelt on this earth. All of a sudden, a voice came out of heaven and said, This is my beloved Son, and the Spirit of God descended as a dove. There's the fullness of the trinity. Stephen, all of a sudden, when you know, he, um, he's being stoned, he sees into heaven and sees God the Father. And sees and sees Jesus sitting at the right hand of God, and, the, and it, right before that it says uh, Stephen, full of the Spirit. In fact, I had somebody, a Jesus-only church person, one time tell me he says, "Okay, if you were going to look into heaven and you see, and you were going to see uh, Jesus, see, see God, who are you going to see?" I said, "That's easy, Stephen. He looked, he saw God the Father, and he saw Jesus, and he was filled with the Spirit. There you go." That's the Trinity. You want it? You got it. But see, the coolness of the Trinity is to me that each of the facets of the Trinity reveals a different fa- uh, part of life. God the Father, Jesus lived His life in relationship to the Father, and it's so exciting for me to catch. And I've had many people call tell me, "Oh, I, I, you know, I can take Jesus being my Savior and my Lord. I can take this, but I can't deal with God the Father. I can't. That's not cool." And what are they saying? They got what? They got father issues. You go into a prison, you do not preach God as father. You don't. That's one of the rules. You don't preach God as father. You talk about Jesus being saved. and that. Why? Because of what a statistic I quoted earlier. And so they'll turn you off if all of a sudden you start talking God as father. They won't hear you. So anyway. But let's talk about the awesomeness of the character of our Father. And if you would, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. And, uh, and you can hold this passage of Scripture. We'll be referencing it. Because Jesus tells us, it gets quoted, this passage here gets referred to as the prodigal son. The parable of the prodigal son. But I'll be honest with you, I think it's so much more than about one son. It's about a son who goes astray. Goes, it's talking about the heart of a father. And it's talking about a son who stayed at home and gets bound up with legalism. And so this thing is more than just a thing about the prodigal son. But in it, Jesus tells, and we catch the revelations, some characteristics of the father. See, in John chapter 5, verse 35, Jesus makes this statement. The father loves the son and gives him all things. Think about that. One of the characteristics of a father. of of our Heavenly Father is the Father loves the Son and gives Him all things. And notice this passage in Luke chapter chapter, uh, 15. And we'll start in one part of it in verse 12. And a certain man had two sons and the younger, younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the state that falls to me. And get the response of the Father. He divided his wealth between the sons. You know, did y'all catch this? You know the, how the son, early, the, the, the later son uh, was talking about, oh, I've been serving for you. I've been working in the fields. But y'all, do you realize at the very beginning of this thing, that he had already received his inheritance and he wasn't walking in it. He wasn't utilizing it. But be it as it may, notice the characteristic of the father. He gives. He divided his wealth and, I, and I'll share this with you the reason why this passage of scripture is so important for me as I think about this on Father's Day because it's a reality to me in my in my life with my dad and one of the reasons why I go to I'll go to Florida is to honor my dad there's times that you do things that you do not want to do you know everything within me does not want to go back to Florida. But I do this to honor my dad. The crazy thing is because why? One of the characteristics is my dad has done is this church in relationship to me exists because my dad, when my brother died said, and I've said this many times, dad, it's not right for me to draw salary on Florida. I do work, I do do business. But I don't do the everyday stuff. Be it may as a real estate corporation. And it's not a whole lot there as much. But be it as may. Dad, many times I said, Dad, it's not right. I need to sell my stock. I'll sell it to you. I'll sell out. Just I, for, for pennies on the dollar. I just want to do what's right. And he goes, No. And you know what? He's done this these years without drawing one cent of salary. One cent. You know why he does it? He has the heart of a father. The father. To give. And so I'm going, he's given that to me and to this so that I can preach the gospel. And so I go, if he's in me, what? I go. And so it's the reality of the heart of the Father. And the really interesting thing to me about this passage of Scripture here is notice in verse 13, he divides his wealth. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything and went on a journey into a distant country and there squandered his estate on loot, and literally living without salvation. That's literally what that Greek word there is. Now, y'all, the dad knew as soon as he divided his wealth, the son was going to do what? Squander it. I just want to tell you this God the Father our heavenly Father did this because he gave man authority over all the earth he gave man authority over all the earth he put him authority over all that he had in this earth and guess what when he did that he knew man was going to what live without salvation he knew it in fact it says that Jesus was crucified before the foundations of the world before he said let there be God knew that as soon as He gave it to him, he, the son, was going, the sons and daughters were gonna squander it. That's pretty hardcore. How many of you, if all of a sudden one of your kids says, "All right, I want you to give a," you know, "just give me give me X number of dollars," but you know, as soon as you give it to them, they're gonna blow it. What? See, there's a reality. Of this for me also. Michelle, is Michelle here? She's not here yet. She's she's massively studying for organic chemistry. But uh, the uh, Michelle felt like that she was supposed to move to Charlotte about a couple years ago. But I prayed. I mean, she was really sincere. all sincerity. It wasn't a, a, a hardcore thing. I prayed about it. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt she wasn't supposed to move to Charlotte. And guess what? It was going to cost me the money to move her there. I had to change, I had to pay the money for her licenses, I had to pay for all the stuff in relationship to it. But I knew when she left, she wasn't supposed to go. And I knew when she left that she would come back. How come I did it? A heart of a dad, father. Because I knew her going was going to be the greatest revelation of anything. The revelation that she would have would be far greater than any dollars that I could pay. And so that's one thing I just really encourage men here. Don't look at things at what you see. Don't measure things. By what? Maybe physical or what? There's so much more behind things that's going on. The heart of a dad, a father, of our heavenly father, is to give all things. Now, I have to confess, there's the flip side. When my kids come and say, "Ah, how about this? And I go, "What, what God is doing on the flip side is, no. There is the other side. Because why? There is another thing to be learned in that. So that we'll go on to that and say this. So the heart of God, heart of God the Father is that He gives us. Let me, think, let me say this. If y'all confess this with me. Okay? Uh, y'all with me? If He has delivered up, come on, His Son, how much more with Him will He freely give me all things? That is the heart of your Father. The second thing that's very important, you notice your notes there, is is that He speaks into us glory and honor. I want you to go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. See, a Father, the heart of God the Father, He speaks into us, just like He did into Jesus. He speaks glory and honor. Now, do you remember three times, well, two times, God the Father publicly declares over over, uh, Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, publicly declares it. And notice why. I just want to speak. Dads in this room, take major advantage of speaking in to your kids. We'll do it. We'll do it as ministers. But let me tell you something. You can do it a whole lot better. Look at that. She's altogether beautiful. no blooming in there, ain't she? Cool deal. I was just talking about you. But look at this in one sixteen, in Second Peter. For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Now notice this, verse, this statement in verse 17. For when he, Jesus, received honor and glory from God the Father. Now notice what it is. Jesus received honor and glory. The Greek word for honor means value. Glory means thoughts and opinions and recognition of. Such an utterance as this was made by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Why did God the Father speak that over Jesus? To put into Him honor and glory. Where you're going, this is Jesus. He's God in the flesh. No, let me tell you something. A role of a dad is to speak value and identity into sons and daughters. And if they are not spoken... Value it will not be there. If there is not spoken into identity, it will not be there. You know, there's a precious young girl that we Paul and I ministered to just recently in Serbia. She made her living as a prostitute in a quote escort service. You know the root of the whole thing? First off, her dad left her. And mom was too busy with pursuing lovers of her own because of the holes in her heart. But in her, she had these things spoken. You're nothing. You're worthless. The really cool thing for me was this whole thing is that uh, when Laura and Swifty went with us, this young girl, she's married now and has a kid, but she's walking, she was walking out of the deficit of this relationship. But the beautiful thing for us is to, to minister into her turn, see her totally set free of all the pains and the sorrows of the past. But then what God did was, is that he had one of the beautiful things was, is that Paula and Laura took her to a dress store. And bought her a dress and shoes and undergarments. You know what? And she cried. She cried. Because she never had had that. It was what? In those actions that Laura and and Paula, and, and it was my idea to do it. That they were to take her. That they were to take her. I'm not going to take her to buy a dress, but as a dad, too, being in the faith, going, okay, you know, you, you, this is for you. Zaynay. And they took and they sewed into that 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 little girl, not the little girl, little girl in the spirit. That she has value. She has identity. She is not a prostitute. She is not used. She's a daughter. And so that's one of the crucial things in this is about the role of, the, of our Heavenly Father as He speaks glory and honor to us in this. And, and notice this in the, you know, He does it when we write. God the Father did it with Jesus, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And also the interesting thing is when He says that in Mark 1, 11, also in Matthew three 17, y'all, He did that before Jesus did anything. He did that before Jesus did anything. So that's really very important but He also does it. God the Father speaks into us when we don't do it right. Y'all, men, the best, look for teaching opportunities. When your kids screw up, the one of the worst things I would do when Shay or Michelle would mess up, I would get preoccupied with what they did. Or, y'all, you know, or, or parents, I really encourage you, uh, don't squander the moments of your kids waking you up in the middle of the night when you won't sleep. And I, uh, or whatever. They're acting like jerks when you're trying to go through the McDonald's drive-thru and they're throwing stuff at everywhere. And you know what I mean? Everything. In those chaotic moments, I really want to communicate into to you all, are golden opportunities to speak and to teach. And so I really encourage you in those places, because the father, this interested me in that Luke chapter, in Luke passage, the prodigal son, when the son comes back, has done nothing, the son did nothing. All the father did was seen him coming down the road. The dad runs to him, greets him. He tells the servants, This son of mine. What is that? This son, that's his identity of mine. This is my son. I'm not ashamed of him. I know he's blown half my wealth, but I just want you to know this. This is my son, my son. That was a moment. It had been easy for the dad to go, Now he is a jerk. He's blown it. You know, you blown it, boy. No, but he didn't. He did not, re- y'all, he did not reference what he blew. Ain't got an awesome testimony for us. That we got a consistent God for now. Now there's concept, there are is sin is death. Wages of sin is death. But I'm going to tell you something. The characteristic of our Father is, is that he will bear with us. He don't change his opinion. And there's some more things I'll speak speaking of. Also, the other thing that, that happens in John chapter 5, verse 20, and keep your finger in Luke. Fifteen. I just spoke to John five twenty. The heart of a father is the father loves the son and reveals to him all things. Now, follow this. Now, the heart of a father is to give. The heart of a father is to speak into value and identity. The heart of a father is to reveal all things. And and it's really interesting to me. In this passage, well, I don't want to go into detail. John 15, 15. Well, I can speak that one. It's John 15:15. 15, 15. For no longer do I call you slaves, but friends. For all things that the Father, I've heard from my Father, I make known to you. Or John 16, 13. Jesus says, all things that the Father has are mine. And I disclose it to you. In other words, the heart of God the Father is to reveal. Now, let me just speak this in here real quick. One of the big areas that we've been dealing with down through the years in relationship to parenting are sins. Well, sins of commission are serious. But one of the biggest areas of sins of omission, sins of omission are deadly. In other words, they're, see, Michelle was created by God to have a mother and a father. Mother, father. But in this, she was created to be spoken into, value and identity. If it's not there, she's sinned against. Something's not formed in her. Um, She was created for Paula to walk with her, and like me, with Shay in relationship to sexuality. I could tell you testimonies of young girls in this church and other churches that, in the 20s, that they were dealing with sexual issues. And the root of the sexual issue was the first place they ever heard about sex was on TV. And I'd ask one one situation I was in before. Uh, Kathy was with me. And I go, where did you learn about a period? I didn't. One, One lady we ministered to one time. She was at school and had her first period. And guess what? She thought she was dying. Because nobody spoke into her. And you know what? Every time she has a period now, I mean, after that point, guess what? A period for her was a point of intense fear. Why? A sin of omission. See, the heart of a father is to reveal. Reveal how to live. Y'all, but let me just say this, like Paul spoke in 1 Corinthians 4, there's ways to learn how to live. One is, is how you... You, how you teach what you say but y'all don't do this one you've heard the statement don't do what i say do what i i mean you know don't do what i do do what i say yeah. but you teach and how you do men i just want to say this to you how are you teaching your sons and daughters to love how are you teaching your sons to love their wives how are you teaching them that in short, Shea caught some areas of, of my heart in relationship to women. Shea's been in three fights in his life that I know of. He may more. But the three I know that happened is because somebody offended a girl. Somebody offended a girl. And one, a couple of the times, it was not a girlfriend of his. He was walking by the hallway, and all of a sudden he heard one guy say some words about a girl who wasn't there. The girl wasn't even there. And he heard this guy saying this stuff about a girl. He turned around, he walked in, he says, what'd you say? And to make a long story short, he took the guy down. I mean, see, what, what I'm trying to say is, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that. Yeah. Well, maybe I we am saying it. Do what? <laughs> we dealt with the procedure later. We had to deal with his heart. But dad, I want to belly. him. I go, okay, that's cool. I deal with the anger. It's not here Well, what I'm trying to say is is that men, we teach how to live. Men, that's the heart of God the Father, to reveal. Like he says in Matthew, I mean, uh, Hosea 4, 6 and Isaiah 5, 13, my people perish because of lack of knowledge or people carried in captivity because of lack of knowledge. I'm going to tell you what, men and women are in here, don't know how to live. I'm a curious question, men. How many of you in here had your dad take you aside... And tell you about sex. Raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Wow. Bless my dad. He, what he told me about sex was, well, don't do it. But I knew I was supposed to get married at some point in time. But I was supposed to. <laughs> Curious thing, women, how many of you in here had your mother take you aside and speak into you about sex? Raise your hands. That's better. Curious question, women who are married. How many of you in here had your mothers take you aside and explain to you about sex? First night on. Raise your hands. Talk. How many of you had mothers t- take you aside before you said, I do, and say, honey, this is what's about to happen? <laughs> How many of you in here, raise your hand. One? <laughs> <It created
1: strongholds>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Paula said that that created strongholds. <laughs> That's why in dwelling place, if somebody gets married, we try to bombard them. Poor G- Lee and J- Jared... We could, they made a mistake. They took a trip with Paula and I after they got married. We went on a trip together. Okay, so if we're down on road, says, So, Jared Lee, how's your sex life? <laughs> Lee's doing like she's doing right now. She's turning red. <laughs> and I mean, we got into everything. Why? I'm trying to be nosy? No, because I love them. I don't want them going through what we went through. Taking 30 years to figure it out. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> Our sex life is better than it's ever been, but bless God, it wasn't because of. <laughs> Paula tried to help early in the relationship. She tried to buy all the books for me and put it on my nightstand <laughs> with pictures in it. I mean, anything. One of the biggest revelations came for me when I took Shay. Shay and Michelle a big joke in our family about sex, and when what we did was, is when they turned 12, we would take them on a special trip just them, and then we took James Dobson's tape series, pre- preparing for adolescence, and we let them listen to the tape series as together, and we would stop and ask questions and talk about it, and they have a lot of jokes about this time, but the crazy thing for me was, is we were listening to this tape series. Shay and I, as we're driving down the road, listening to the tapes and are also in the hotel room, I'm going, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> Shay, Shay's going, can we turn it off? No, 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 no just a second, please. <laughs> I need <didn't> to hear this. <laughs> See, the heart of a father is to be real. I mean, this is great. Both mouth water. Shay, and even now, he's free with us about this stuff. With He and Leela. I mean, no, I mean, it's just, he just, I mean, it's astounding things he says. Uh, sure, But, I mean, not, not in a minute. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's, never mind. <laughs> Erased that from the tape, please. <laughs> what? Sweating. We're all all right, okay, another question. Men, how many of you in here have had, had your dads took you aside and told you how to budget money? Raise your hands. Huh? Men, men, how many of you took you aside and taught you how to, the value of money and how to budget money? Raise your hands. Men, men, women, your parents taught you how to budget money. Why are we, why are we having problems? See, the, the role of a father is, and I just want to say this, y'all, let us not leave it to the world to educate our kids. Let us not leave it to schools to educate our kids. I'm like, in this church, y'all, in this church, do not think that creating a vacuum, I'm not going to say anything about sexuality with my kids until they're 12. Uh-uh. If you wait till they're 12 to start talking to them about sexuality, you've missed it. Some of the worst things I've run into, pastors, sons and daughters, squeaky clean home, squeaky clean. Never said anything about nothing. Never had pornography or bad movies in the house. But that atmosphere of being squeaky clean is like having... A white eraser board. is completely clean. And you know what? If the parents are not speaking into it, the Word of God, which the Word of God is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart, if the the parents are not speaking into it, the fathers are not speaking into it, who will? Satan. Why are we having homosexuality? A major issue in our country now. Because fathers are not speaking the truth. So, The character of our father is to reveal all things. He gives all things. He speaks all things. Men, we've got to be active as a father. We've got to father. Don't be dads. Be fathers. Speak it and reveal how to live. Now, one of the interesting things in Hebrews chapter 12, in fact, look with me in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. Notice what it says. For those whom the Lord loves, He disciplines. I don't like this one. Those whom He loves, He disciplines. He scourges every son that He receives. Now y'all, we do know, and you'll notice in your notes there, the main Greek word for, for discipline is to teach. It's not to punish. But, To punish, chastise, is alongside of it. And a key statement down there is verse verse 11, For all discipline for the moment seems to be joyful, not to be joyful, but sorrowful. interesting thing is, I want to say this to you about the characteristic of our Heavenly Father. He disciplines us, teaches us in relationship to the things He gives us, He speaks, and He reveals that is the source of discipline. For example, I mean, there's, there's many examples we can deal with. You'll notice in your notes there, in Luke 12, 48. In fact, let's look there, in Luke twelve forty eight. You know, and I didn't put PowerPoint. Notice this. Uh, From everyone who has been given much shall be required much, and to whom is trusted much of him, they will also be given See, y'all, God will discipline you in relationship to what He has given you. In other words, He's teaching you. He's going to teach you how to take that which you have, you have been given and utilize it. Like, for example, you see in, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, where God says He led them, in the, the children of Israel, in the wilderness to be tempted. I mean, not to be tempted, I'm sorry. That's, that's another passage. But He led them into the wilderness... In, in the midst of that, I fed them with manna which they did not know. So that he may give them the power to make wealth. So there, that which he was given them was wealth. So guess what he was doing? He led them in the wilderness to teach them. Another, another interesting thing is, he will discipline you in relationship to what he speaks. You know, you see the examples there in Proverbs 30, verse 5 and 6. Every word of the Lord is what? Testing. Another one is really interesting in Psalm 105. In 105 in relationship to Joseph. He said uh, in Psalm 105 verse 14, He permitted no man to oppress them, reprove kings. Do not touch my anointed. Do not do my prophets no harm. And notice this. Okay, but but let me just skip on down. Verse 16. He's talking about Joseph. Until the time that his word came to pass, he said this, the word of the Lord proved him, tested him. So the discipline in relationship to Joseph when he first got that word was, you know, he got a vision that he's going to be a mighty ruler, that he's going to be a ruler. Well, guess what? He gets thrown into a pit. He gets sold into slavery, sold in a pit. He gets sold into slavery. In Potiphar's house, he goes from there into the prison. Well, Joseph told his brothers, you know, don't uh, don't distress at this paraphrase is God was doing a thing. God was teaching him. I'll be honest with you, Joseph was not being punished by being thrown into slavery. He was a jerk when he went to his brothers. Don't you know you guys are going to bow down to me? And his parents, I mean, that is kind of being a jerk. If you get a word like that, y'all keep, best thing to do is keep your mouth shut. You're going to be a ruler, and you get that, and God says it to you, just keep your mouth shut. Just let it come to pass. Save yourself from trouble. But God will discipline you in relationship to what he, what he gives you, what he speaks, and also what he reveals. Uh, you ever notice this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, in relationship to Paul, where he says this, he says, uh, because of the exceeding, let me just read it. It says, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 7. It says, Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was a thorn in the flesh. A messenger of Satan was sent to buffet me. Well, huh. oh, thanks. Uh, so in other words, the hand of... What I want to say this to you is this. The hand of the Lord will train you and teach you in relationship to the words you get. Don't fight against it. Fathers... I, teach your kids in relationship to the destinies they have. Uh, let, me give you, let me give you an example. Uh, one time a guy came to me and he said, and I've spoken this before, but the guy came to me and says, Rick, come here, I want you to listen to these words. And right before this, well, I mean, to be honest with you, the first part of the conversation, he's talking about how you know, terrible his life has been, how he's been facing struggle after struggle after struggle. And so then the conversation sort of switches and he was talking about how he's just been getting defeated and all this kind of stuff. And then he says, but, you know, he just transitioned the conversation. I don't remember how it transitioned. He says, Rick, I want you to listen to these tapes I've been getting, the people that spoke prophetic words over me. And they keep people even speaking that I'm going to be a warrior. And I'm going, dude, what are you fussing about all this back here? You got a, you got a prophetic word, you're going to be a warrior. If you're going to be a warrior, you've got to learn to what? Fight. Y'all heard me say before, you know, about how, you know, like John Paul Jackson said that one time, he said, you know, you know, big troubles, big struggles create mighty men and women of God. And he's made the statement, he says, but God, I want to be a mighty man of God with little bitty struggles. And it don't work though. But God will discipline us. Now this is not a this is not a thing to hurt us, beat us. Because I want you to realize this. God is eternal, God. You know, this is not going to comfort you. Maybe, maybe not. But I will say this. God is eternal, God. The main thing He's concerned about is eternity. Not this seventy years here. You remember two weeks ago I preached that this time here is seeds for here. So a little bit of struggle here oh, for God is eternal. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 where it says in Romans chapter 8 for the, the sufferings of this world are not worthy to be compared to the glories to be revealed. Oh, it's a point in time, a little bit of struggle and a fuss in relationship to it. Now, The characteristic of our father is is that he will discipline us. Remember, teach us. Give us opportunities to be an overcomer. Michelle, at the start of the summer, God spoke to me. Get this one. This is where I've been behind her. At the start of the summer, God spoke to me about Michelle. This is summer about being an overcomer. So Michelle believes God's calling her to go to to Serbia and Croatia with me to do ministry. And she needed to get back and take uh, um, organic chemistry. Okay, to get back and take organic chemistry. So she plans her trip to get back when she thinks the first class starts on Tuesday. May 28th or something like that. 26th. Shay's wedding's on Sunday. So she leaves the wedding party, which was hard for her. In the middle of the night, she drives all night to get to, with Forrest, It drives all night to get to Serbia to get on a plane so she can fly all, all day. And she gets flying like 36 hours straight to get so she could get to class on Tuesday morning. She gets to class on Tuesday morning and found out organic chemistry class began the Wednesday before. Organic chemistry is hardcore. She goes and talks to the professor and says, well, you just need to withdraw. And this is where I really, really appreciate it. she says, but you don't understand. Your previous two classes, I made an A, two A's. And that's where I really blessed God. And she says, I can do it. And every... And the really cool the first week was, so she, she gets there on Tuesday, they're having a major exam on Thursday, Friday, Friday. The week before, she already got a zero on the major exam. So she started organic chemistry with a zero. Can we say overcome? But this is where I bless God for the spirit of Michelle, is that we kept saying, you can do it, Michelle. You can overcome this obstacle. First test, she made the highest grade in the class. You know? I'm bragging on you, sis. But I mean, I'll just say this, it didn't stop there. Other obstacles occurred, you know? But that's okay, guess what? God's given her an opportunity to make an A, overcome a total obstacles. And so, God the Father disciplines us. Michelle's destiny, overcome her. Well, guess what? She's getting opportunities to overcome so that she can be called an overcomer. Sorry, I'm laboring this, but y'all, this is a role of dads that we do is, I love Daniel Wheeler. My favorite story, Daniel Cade has to take swimming lessons. Y'all have to help me remember this. I always blotch it. But Cade had week-long swimming lessons. And he was afraid to stick his head underwater. Was that it? Yeah, swimming, something about swimming he was afraid to do. And Daniel just didn't take him aside. said, oh, you know, come on, you would be afraid. But Daniel took him aside and spoke into him. You're an overcomer. You can do this. And he starts speaking into him certain words about being an overcomer. Now, Daniel didn't make it easy on him. But Daniel spoke it into him. And the cool thing was, by the end of the week, there were some kind of really cool things that happened during the week. But Kate came to Val and said, Val, I mean, well, not Val. <laughs> Mom, are we going to have on Friday? Are we going to have an overcomer's party? Because I've done it, Mom. See, that's discipline being taught. The other thing that a father does is that he reproves us. He does chastise us. Now, I'm not going to go into details about this, but I'm going to be honest with you. The main way that God punishes us is in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 17, where he says this. Your own, your own iniquities will reprove you. Now, God, let me just say this to you. God's method of reproving and punishes us is to turn us over to our own devices. It won't do anything. He just says, okay, you wanted it, you got it. That's, that's Psalm 81, what I just spoke to you. Jeremiah chapter 2. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man, what? Sows what? He reaps. You sow to the flesh, you reap what? Corruption. You guess what? Guess what? We're, God is saying, okay, this is what you wanted. This is what you got. Mindset on the flesh is what? Death, mindset on spirits, spirit is life and peace. The main way that God disciplines, I mean, punishes us is turning us over to our flesh, turning us over to our desires. God is not the initiator of sin and death. He's not the initiator of destruction. Satan is. The problem is, is that we open the door many doorways in that, and I don't have time to go into this because I want to speak some other things. The thing is about the characteristic of the Father is in the midst of y'all, of us having him speak giving to us him speaking into us, him revealing to us him disciplining us in relationship to these things that we may walk in them and guess what y'all, the last time I checked in this book there is not one of the men or women of God in this book that did it 100% right you know Peter Upon this rock, I will build my church. Peter, you know, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Peter, I bet I'm going to from God. Revelation. So he's going to get an opportunity. <laughs> he got an opportunity. But guess what? That's why Jeremiah 31 3 is the heart of the Father is. Is that Jeremiah 31 says, He's loved us with an everlasting love, and therefore He's drawn us to Him with loving kindness. I know that's Him drawing us, but I won't say this to you. He pursues you. He pursues you. Let me give you an example of this. A few years ago, a number of years ago, a significant number of years ago, there was a young lady who was married and had kids. And she left her husband and was with this other man. I found out where she was at and who the man was. I said, well, give me me a phone number. I called her. I got her on the phone. I said, I'm coming to pick you up. I said, let me speak to the guy. I said, I'm coming to pick her up. Do not get in my way. I showed up, however many hours it took me to get there. And I picked her up. And took her home. She said that when I walked in the door, the cloud of confusion that was on her head just went away. She also said that she knew without a shadow of a doubt that it was the heart of the Father. That the Father would pursue her, chase her, to redeem her. See, I'm going to tell you something, y'all. Some, many of us, all if not all of us in this room, have walk through crap. But you know this, our Heavenly Father has pursued us in it. I want y'all to go with me to this Luke passage in Luke chapter 15, the one of the prodigal son. It really interesting to me. In Luke 15, y'all know the story about how the older brother, he gets mad. Why are they, why are they doing this? Why are they celebrating this? Why is this going on? And uh, he's asking this to his servants. And uh, he became angry in verse 28 and was not willing to go in. But I love this. And his father came out and been calling him alongside. The father went out to the son who was in the field. He knew he was struggling. Yet this son hadn't sinned. He's just struggling. Bless God that when my heavenly father has not given up on me in these times of struggle. I just want to say this to y'all, uh, with God, when you're struggling, God's not afraid of your questions. He just, the only thing He don't like is when we come to Him thinking we've got the answers to the questions. He's, I mean, the questions we're answering, we, said, we think we know it. But I've asked God many questions in hard places and hard times, and God is not afraid of those things. And he knows, and He comes to me in those places. Like, y'all have heard me the time I talked to y'all about the time when mom died. I hear struggling to breathe. And as soon as I heard her breathing, I ran outside and I'm going, God, I can't take mom's suffering. I can take her dying, but I cannot stand to see her suffering. Why? I just kept yelling it out back of the hospital. But God was not afraid of that. You know what? He came to me. When I go back in and I'm holding mom's hand, Missed the hearing her gurgling, breathing sound. At the point of death, he speaks to me. He comes to me. Speaks. But also, the interesting thing to me is, is the one about the son. The other one, is, you know, which you all know about. And look at 1520. It's interesting. This young, the other son gets up and he's going home. He got up and came to his father. But now, listen to how this reads in English. But when he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. The father ran to the son. But the interesting thing for me, this thing, when I was looking at this thing and breaking this thing down into Greek, it says, but while he was still a long way off, it was, y'all, you know, it's interesting. In the Greek, it does not say, while the son was afar off and the dad, he saw him walking away off. And the dad sees him a long way away and he runs up. That's not what it says. It's literally this the kind of phrasing here. It's real difficult to speak it in English. But it's while he was being held away, while he was, while he was uh, um, slopping pigs, when he was fooling with prostitutes, the father was looking for him. Now, oh, I think it was this way. Well, this way it didn't. i think to it in the Greek. Every day it's probably the Father's going and looking down the road. He's going to come. I don't see him today. He goes back. He's going to come. He's going to come. In the flesh, he's out here slopping pigs. But the Father's going, he's going to come. That's the heart of the Father. He don't give up. He's looking. When the sun did appear, he runs to him. He pursues him. And I, like I said earlier, he didn't. when he pursued him, he didn't get to him. And, and many, I just want to say this to many of y'all in here. Y'all have got to know this. Uh, your Heavenly Father is not giving up on you. I love that song we do. Never giving up. Never giving up on you. I love, I, this last week the Lord was speaking to me, Philippians 1, 6 i I'm confident this very thing, that he who began the good work in me, he'll perfect it. He who began the good work in me, he'll perfect it. The passage of Scripture that's Paul and I is confessing these days and this craziness is, Psalm one thirty eight eight. The Lord will accomplish that which concerns me, for his loving kindness is everlasting. That's what we've been confessing. This morning, coming to church, confessing this passage of Scripture. He is not going to give up he's not going to give up he pursues me y'all but when he gets there that's even cool too when he responds, I love this when he gets there he responds with affection Yeah, you don't have time to turn there but John 118 I love this passage the it says let me read it oh man it's very complex but it's awesome passage of scripture you'll know how it says in the gospels how John was always leaning on Jesus' breast, in the bosom, in his bosom. It uses that phrase. Where did Jesus learn that? Where did he learn to let John rest on, just hung up there and hug on him like this? You know. Where did he learn that? You know, where, watch where he learned it. No man has seen God the Father at any time. The only begotten God, Jesus, who is in the bosom of the Father, is explained. You know where Jesus learned that? Guess where he was in all creation before he came to this world? Guess where he was hanging out? He was hanging out in the Father. <laughs> That's where he was at. The Father's affectionate. That's where I love in the Luke passage, in Luke 15, when the Son come running. Guess what the father did? The father did something. In verse 20, he got up, he came to his father while he was still a long way. If his father saw him, felt compassion on him, ran and embraced him and kissed him. And don't say, well, this is, this is that cultural thing in the, Midi- in the Middle East. Embraced him and kissed him. Y'all. Men got to show affection. Got to show affection. When you're hurting, one of, one of the things that stick out of my mind, I'll never forget this one time, Michelle, I'll tell another Michelle story. We got a phone call before church one morning here. Michelle's horse was sick. So she had to go and call the vet. They go out to the vet and out there and I think Paula goes and Can you go. Paula goes and Paula's going to be there with her and Mothers are very, very important. I don't want to play that down. We do that on Mother's Day. But, so, you know, they get, got the horse dealt with. Here we are. We're Sunday morning. I'm preaching. And I just had to happen a few minutes. This says, okay, I divide off in little prayer groups. You remember how we do those kind of things? And I had y'all do that. As soon as I had y'all, when, I, when y'all were doing that, all of a sudden that door back there opened. And and all of a sudden it opened And Michelle walked in She didn't care who was here And what was going on She walked straight down the aisle And she came up here And she fell in my arms And she cried Her horse was hurting Therefore She was hurting And all she knew was At that point in time She needed her daddy That's the heart of a father. I just say this, dads. If you ain't hugging and kissing on your kids every day, you're missing it. How many, how many men and women, if we having to deal with sins of omission, have I had to take and be and stand in the gap as a dad and go, I f- forgive, forgive me as a dad or an authority figure for not being there and ministering to you physically touching holy touch love you know I don't care how old Michelle gets she's 21 now she, she ain't too old for me to hug and kiss on right she knows it she's 25 and he's married He ain't too old for me to hug and kiss on That's the character of your, that's what your Heavenly Father does. You wait, you wait. What is it when you get in trouble? You hurt. In the Spirit, you can feel His arms. But other thing that I want to just speak real quick in closing out is that a while ago when I said this about seeing afar off, He sees, God the Father sees with grace. Eyes of grace. Eyes of faith. Remember what I said a while ago? He goes and he sees the son. The son's distant far off and he sees her, sees him as back. You know, when I screwed up and was making all kind of crazy things, God the Father was not, he saw me in the sin, he saw what I was doing, but that was not how he was seeing and recognizing me and believing for it. At times Michelle, Kind of did her thing. No offense, Michelle. But, ain't you know it bad when she had a preacher's kid? You no, know, she loved it. She's got the stuff in her. But anyway, the heart was, I didn't see her that, anything in relationship to what was going on. I saw her as who she is, as a one mighty woman of God. That's how I see her. That's how I see her. She's awesome. And it's cool when you start seeing it in the physical, kind of casting stuff serving in Croatia here, but the other thing, God sees you in faith. And there is something that God wants me to do. Wants to do this morning. Close this out. God sees in grace. The Father sees in grace. The God, Father sees in grace. He sees in faith. Faith sure things hope for and evidence of things what not seen. I don't have to review this and dwell in dwelling places. Standard equipment, but in in Romans four seventeen, where God sees Abraham as the father of many nations when he didn't have any kids. He spoke it over him. A father of many nations, I have made you, Abraham said, in the sight of him whom he believed. And the men, fathers, we, it's first and foremost, I want to speak this to men here. You've got to make a decision. Do you see yourself as God sees you? Can I repeat that? I didn't get any amens out of that one. Men, you've got to see yourself as God the Father sees you. In grace. Grace takes you to a level you can't attain on your own. You must see yourself, as not where you're at, where God's taking you. It's where you've got to go. You've got to speak that. You've got to see that. And that's where you'll go. When you receive it for yourself, you must speak it into your wives and into your... Not wives, you're not Mormon. Into your wife And then to your children, plural, if you got children. You know why women hate Proverbs? How many? many, Really? Curious question. How many women in this room, married women, you don't have a question yet? How many in this room, down through the years, when you read Proverbs 31, you rolled your eyes? Oh, that's pretty cool. You know why? I'll be honest with you. A lot. very few counseling point. I haven't had a counseling appointment where I have not started reading Proverbs thirty-one to a woman, and then "I go." <laughs> you know why? Because they read it and they see it in performance. So, here's what God said: to Do. This is Father's Day. Are we going to walk as fathers? Men, I want couples. I want you to stand, please couples married couples that is and repeat after me we're going to speak grace we're going to speak the word of god now turn and face each other okay see each other now nice, eyes, okay that's a cool thing okay now what you, what you, you just repeat after me lord i thank you an excellent wife I have found. Her your worth. You mentioned my you 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 mentioned her name. Paula, you have. You, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, scratch that. You don't say Paula. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at her eyes and I'm kind of getting shook up here. Paula, your worth to me is far above jewels. My heart trusts in you. You do not do me evil, but good all the days of my life. And I say this again. You say it. My heart trusts in you. Many daughters have done nobly. But, Paula, you excel them all. Okay. Now, women, your turn. No, 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 no. Hold on, I forgot some. Let's, let's go on. I told you she shakes me up. Okay, you ready for this men going? Strength and dignity are your clothing. You smile at the future, and you cause me to smile. You open your mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on your lips. You look well to the ways of our household. And I confess this. Our children will rise up and call you blessed.
1: girls. <laughs> uh, okay. Let her hold this.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. You are my head. I didn't hear that very loud. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that one more time, okay? You are my head as Christ is head of the church. You will love me as Christ also loved the church and gave him up and gave himself up for me. You will sanctify me having cleansed me by the washing of the water with the word, that you might present me to yourself and all the glory God has for me, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that I should be holy and blameless. You will love me as your own body nourishing and cherishing me just as Christ does the church. You will leave your father and mother and cleave to me and we are one flesh. You will love me as yourself in order that I will respect you, my husband. You will love me. You will live with me in an understanding way. <laughs> as, <laughs> let's say that one more time. You will live with me in an understanding way <laughs> as with a weaker vessel. You will grant me honor. As a fellow heir of the grace of life. So that your prayers may not be hindered. Glory. We will not return evil for evil. Or insult for insult. But we will give a blessing instead. For we were called. For this very purpose. That we might inherit.
0: Yeah, yeah. That word, the word of God is not there to perform. The word of God is to is there for us to exercise faith and speak it. You spoke into each other. Now, why? Speak the word of God into your husbands and believe. Do not go start telling them how they do not measure up to that word. You, you contradict everything you ever did. Why? A husband? Who was I talking about then? Husbands, speak it into your wives. I, I made a mistake early in our marriage telling her where she did not measure up. And that doesn't work. But God started showing me to speak into her that the woman is the glory of a husband as the husband is the glory of God. In other words, Paula will reflect what I speak into her. You hear that? Yeah. She will reflect what I speak into her or what I do not speak into her. Because, see, God has created her to be nourished and cherished. If it doesn't happen, she gets weird. I'll tell you all one. We've got to hurry. I know we have kids, and we're going to do one more thing we've got to do. Two more things. One time Paul and I and Michelle were sitting down supper. She had gone off to college and we're sitting down and Paul was having one of those tough days. I could have said the sky is blue, and she'd go, Don't tell me that. And she turned around to get something in the kitchen. I looked at Michelle, I'm going, What's going on? She goes, I don't know. And she came over and she said, uh, she goes, She just got so mad. She just got madder and madder. That's a word. But she just getting worse. And, I don't know, Getting mad, and finally she just goes. We're at the middle of supper. She goes, "Oh, I can't take it!" And she gets up and she walks off. And we didn't say anything. We ain't said anything. She walks up steps. And being the brilliant husband that I am, I go. As she's walking up the steps, she's going. I go, Paula, did I do anything? And she goes, "No, no, no." She walks up steps. She goes to bed. It's six o'clock. She goes to bed. Next morning, get up, and I first we're getting ready for. For our various things, and I look at Paula and I go, "Paula, did I do anything?" She goes, "Nah," she's still mad. About five minutes later, she comes back and goes, "I know, what it is." And I remember now, God has created her to be nourished and valued. That's in her. Well, what, it was when I was going back and forth to Florida working a lot, every six weeks. I told Tulio, I said, Tulio, I'm going to go to Florida. I need you to get a airplane reservation for me if you can. Tulio, being the fine administrator he is, get the plane ticket. And then he also sought to send out an email to everybody in the church informing them that I was going to Florida on business. Guess where Paula found out that I was going to Florida on business? On the Internet. So what did I tell her? That she is just as important to me as everybody else in the church. That's her value. That's not smart, is it? Because Paula was created to know that she is the most important person to me on this earth. If she does not know that, she will do weird things. Not that she's weird. It's just, she's not, I'm not putting gasoline in a gas engine. I'm putting diesel in a gas engine. Or water. Or nothing. So... Uh, last thing God told me. To, uh, next, second, the next thing that God told me to do is uh, parents with children. If you got your children there, you get with them. And here Michelle and Paula, get your chillings. Is there any chillings here? Yeah, we got a few. Get your mom. But you could come across there. I uh, stand, 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 stand. Thank a lock of kisses. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I don't want to be alone. Now we're speaking things in, right? All right. Okay. All ready? Parents? Both both parents. Both dads. Important today. Okay, you ready? Lord, I thank you. Now, y'all are repeating after me. Lord, I thank you. Parents are saying, parents are saying, I'm sorry. I would help say this. Yeah. Okay. Lord, I thank you. That you are, are altogether beautiful. And there's no blemish in you. I declare, Michelle. you want to say that. It'd be really cool for me. <laughs> you are my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. I confess the truth that you are an obedient daughter in all things. I confess the truth it will honor me and live long on the earth alright okay let's close I'm going to sit down I just really encourage y'all to learn to speak into each other the word of God now, y'all, what is sin? Sin is missing the mark. What's the mark? The glory of God. So if anybody entertains an action, a thought, a word, or an action contrary to the glory of God is sin, what do you do with sin? You confess it. So if you confess it, God does what? Forgives you, cleanses you, and he what? Forgets. So that's why you speak the word of God. You speak the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, where it says, you receive from us the Word of God, which performs His truth in you. And so, y'all, if parents, fathers, we have the authority right under God to speak the Word of God into our sons and daughters and into our wives. And it can change things. You know what Jeremiah one twelve says? The Lord watches over His Word to perform it. Why do we do when we do baby dedications or whatever we call them? All we do in here, y'all, is we confess the Word of God over the kids. And I do confess over showing the parenting this. For God has plans for you, plans to prosper you, not harm you, give you a future and a hope. So, anyway. Well, let's, there's something I want to do. James, can you come up here on this keyboard wherever thou art? I just believe this because God just put this on my heart and I know we're running late and you may probably need to go pick up your kids. If you're not. But God has told me two steps in this. We just need to focus on the first. There's two things, two steps in this. One is fathers need to be fathers. Dads need to be fathers. They need to father their children and stand as husbands. But how can you father if you've never been fathered? And I want to say this. Women, there's some of you in here are trying to relate to your husbands because you never were fathered. And, you know, I don't care, you can be married 30 years, like Paula and I, going on 31 now. Just this last, about a month ago, something in relationship, she was responding to me in a particular way, and something in her relationship with her dad, she didn't understand what was going on, but all of a sudden, something popped up in relationship to her dad, and she's going, that's why I've done that all my life. I didn't know it, and all of a sudden, she starts to weep and cry, and God just revealed things. The particular... Now, I want to say this, y'all. There are no perfect that's, except one. That's why, guess what? There's mercy and grace. I've had to ask Michelle to forgive me so many times it ain't even funny. That truth. So I don't want to sit up here and say that we got this perfect relationship. I and mean, don't y'all look up here going, oh, ain't that so cute? You know, that's...